Welcome to Twin Flames, the podcast, a show about the therapeutic use of tarot, dreams, and spirituality for holistic health and transformation. We are two friends and psychotherapists who are passionate about both scientific and mystical interventions for self-care and healing. Thank you for joining us. Quick disclaimer before we start the show today. Although we are therapists, we are not your therapists. Please don't take our words as medical or therapeutic advice unless you'd like to pay us a session fee. Just kidding. The information we present on this podcast and on corresponding social media is not intended to be used for diagnosis, treatment, or medical, mental, or spiritual care. Please consult with your personal clinicians or healthcare providers on a regular basis. everyone. Welcome to part three of this mini-series on the Fool's Therapeutic Journey through the Major Arcana cards, where we explore and understand each card through a psychological lens. As a reminder, we are comparing the Fool's Journey to the therapy client's quest for individuation and self-actualization. Which are two processes that we never quite complete in this lifetime. It's something that we continue to work on. So, individuation and self-actualization as a review is just our ability to develop into our most authentic and whole versions of ourselves. Pretty much we're comparing the fool's journey to the client's journey in therapy. Yeah. To the point where they're meeting their treatment goals and they're becoming, they become their healthiest self. Mm -hmm. And as a reminder as well, in part one of this mini-series, we went through cards one through seven. We did that in episode six. And then in part two, we covered cards eight through 14. That was in episode seven. And in today's episode, we are going to cover cards 15 through 21. So we're going to talk about the devil and um, all the way through the world. And when you look at the fool's journey, it's broken down into three mini cycles Mm -hmm. the first part which is cards one through seven Mm -hmm. is the self journey right or the the physical it's looking at the physical aspects of the self so what kind of environmental impacts um, relational impacts have kind of formed people and then phase two is more inner work yeah of the fool's journey so like introspective doing self-reflection And then now we're at part three, which is the spiritual realm or the spiritual cycle of the fool's journey. Absolutely. Yeah, we're doing more spiritual work, more meaning focused work, but it's also it's also a lot of shadow work. So a lot of looking at our own demons, our own monsters, so to speak. And just to give you all uh, an overview of shadow work, I know we've kind of mentioned it before on the podcast, but um, I'd like to read a little bit from this guidebook called The Shadowland Tarot um, by Monica Bodersky. She created a really wonderful deck that's just focused on shadow work. And in her guidebook, I think she does a really good job explaining what shadow work is. So she says... To Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung, the shadow self was composed of the parts of ourselves that we dislike or would rather ignore. 
He believed its merit was in allowing us to balance what he referred to as the persona or the sum of traits we develop in response to positive feedback and our desire to be liked and accepted. Shadows are the unlit corners of a room where creatures lurk and mystery dwells. They may manifest as personal demons, fears, or anxieties, or they may be evident as global warming and mounds of plastic in our oceans. Monica also says that she views shadows as parts of ourselves that have retreated into darkness that need to be acknowledged and reintegrated for us to become whole. Which is really what individuation and self-actualization is, mm-hmm. is the reintegration of all these different fragments of ourselves into a one cohesive whole. And for people who have studied psychology or are therapists would read that and be like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but I'm thinking about how to explain your shadow part to clients or, mm-hmm. you know, in, or patients in the room. Mm-hmm. And the way I would go about it is this is that part where that part of yourself, that's your inner critic. The yeah. part of yourself that you hate or dislike. Um, the wounded inner child. Mm-hmm. And for all of you RuPaul's Drag Race fans, <laughs> um, RuPaul calls the part or the inner critic inside of you your inner saboteur. Absolutely. And that goes really well with the first card we're going to talk about, which is the devil, card 15. And so for each of these cards, as a reminder, we're going to go through the phase of therapy that these cards represent. And we're also going to talk about general meanings of the cards and then meanings as they pertain to therapy. So the general meanings of this card are illusion, pleasure, nonconformity, gratification, independence, self-centeredness, indulgence, obsession, addiction, unproductive, captivity, and oppression. I read somewhere that the devil card does not appear in a reading unless we are ready to face what we are denying. And I think that that's Mm. absolutely, yeah, like that's well put. That's so telling because I have not gotten the devil card in a long time. (laughs) Yeah, no, the devil definitely, um, in this, in tarot, it definitely represents like an illusion or a trick of the mind, the ways in which we trick ourselves. Um, and it also can represent the addiction that keeps us shackled to things like unhealthy relationships, unhealthy coping mechanisms, an unsuitable job, um, escapism, or trying mm-hmm. to distract ourselves. So yeah, you definitely have to be ready to face those things. And I think you're right, the devil card only shows up when we're ready to see those mm-hmm. aspects of ourselves. And you're not going to dive right into that with a client. Oh, no. You know, they have to be ready themselves. Yes. And you have to have that solid therapeutic relationship to call them out on unhealthy patterns of behaviors that they're denying or Mm -hmm. placing blame on other people or other things or situations. Absolutely. I think blame is a really good point because I think when this card shows up, it's really telling you to start to accept responsibility for your own behaviors or to look honestly and closely to the people around you Mm -hmm. and become accountable for your own change. Even if, you know, maybe there are other people that are causing you problems. What can you do? What accountability can you take Mm -hmm. to make change in your life? And when you don't take accountability for that how think about how that's impacting those who are close with you yeah how is that impacting 
your demographic? How is that impacting society as a whole? Mm. When we're working, especially when we as white therapists are working with individuals who come from um, situations that are very oppressive or people who are marginalized, I think we also need to be aware of the devil that is inherent in their lives which are things like systemic oppression or racism or sexism or whatever it is. Like the devil card, I think, also represents the systemic issues, the systemic illusions and shackles that keep people down. Um, And that's really important as a therapist to pay attention to because a lot of times the devil isn't necessarily something that's coming from the individual right in front of you. Like, we, yes, we all have our own demons, but for certain populations, the devil is really them being gaslit by Mm -hmm. our society or systems that are in place. That's a really good point. I like how you said that it's the client reacting to Mm -hmm. something that's going on in their system, especially in relationships. Yes. When you see couples for couples therapy and there's domestic violence or there's unhealthy relational patterns going on where one is very codependent on the other person. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's the problem a lot of couples come to couples therapy to fix and get rid of. Absolutely. And why is that pattern there? How is it serving them? It's being reinforced in some way. And it's usually that devil part. Absolutely. That's making them think that that's okay. Yeah, that illusion where we trick ourselves, where we keep ourselves shackled to things that are not healthy for us. What I've seen in the therapy room with clients is they'll have negative cognitions or core beliefs as a result of trauma they will construct their reality and their narrative to make sense of the trauma and usually it is a way where they're blaming themselves Mm -hmm. with emdr and deep trauma work you can address some of that that's a tall order in this phase of therapy there might be some somatic experiencing work Mm -hmm. You might be discussing generational trauma with your client, completing genograms, relationship work, breaking down your relationship with the client in the Mm. room, bringing up relational patterns as they happen, inner child work, shadow work, like you said, internal family systems, dream work, and EMDR reprocessing. The client is very attached to their problems during this phase their addictions their usual way of dealing with things and they become really defensive when we try to break that down or try to even examine it and that's what makes it really hard to move past the devil card is the resistance oh yeah especially if their devil was formed in childhood and this is all they know absolutely in the book terra fundamentals For the devil card, the lesson is the arcanum of the devil will teach me to overcome feelings of guilt and indulge without excess. Mm. It will help me to understand the darkness within myself. I like that. AKA the shadow. The shadow. (laughs) Yes. Moving on to card 16, the tower. Dun, dun, dun. The tower. (laughs) The most, one of the most dreaded cards in the deck, but also one of my favorites. 
So I think with the tower card, uh, you're really doing the hard work of dismantling, breaking down, and pruning out the parts of you that are no longer helpful. So the Shadowland Tarot talks about how the tower is an opportunity to rid yourself of those parts of your identity that no longer serve you. What are some tower moments or examples of tower moments you've seen with your clients, Laura? I think, well, one one that I can think of um, off the top of my head is I work a lot with older women and a lot of them for some reason come to me and have issues with within their marriage, for example. And so when they like kind of realize what's going on in their marriage and they see it for what it is, like maybe they find out their spouse cheated on them or maybe they find out that their spouse is actually not an empathetic person at all, like they wanted to believe that they were. Those are some tower moments or a chronic illness. Like I had a client who was recently diagnosed with epilepsy and that's like Mm. a huge tower moment for her. Um, Things like that. I was going to say, I mean, you work with a lot of cancer patients. And yes. so having oh, a diagnosis yeah. is a huge tower moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it totally changes how you think about yourself, how you identify. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. At this stage in therapy, clients are starting to acknowledge the reality of what is happening, like what is good, what is not. They're no longer denying it. They're mm-hmm. no longer in that devil. Yep. The world is crumbling around them because they are seeing things for what they are. Yeah. Absolutely. In a way, this is, you know, their, their cry for help. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that point in life where they can no longer run away from their problems. They have to face them. Unfortunately, it gets to the point where they need involuntary treatment mm-hmm. or some other situations where clients are in a position where they have no choice but to deal with their devil. Yes, and usually that happens with isolation, like hospitalization yeah. in the criminal justice system when they're forced to do court-ordered treatment mm-hmm. or certain work. Absolutely. Yeah, this is like really hitting rock bottom. So if you think about working with addictions, this is like when they've admitted to themselves like, yep, this addiction is no longer serving me. I'm done with the devil. Now I'm looking at things for what they are. Empowering them to build a better yes version of themselves after after the tower i was just gonna say that when the tower shows up you're being advised to rebuild um so you're being basically ushered or encouraged to build better to build a better foundation you know just get rid of everything that foundation was you know messed up it wasn't steady let's rebuild everything and build it better this time. I think that's why I like the towers because Mm -hmm. it's just clearing out all the garbage that you no longer need. Again, a lot of EMDR reprocessing maybe going on Mm -hmm. at this stage. Grief and loss work. Yeah. Motivational interviewing. Motivating your client to rebuild Mm -hmm. themselves differently after this loss. Yep. I think family therapy, too, can be a huge tower moment for people because couples therapy, too. Anytime you bring more than one person into the therapy room, you're having to talk about things that, like, you probably wouldn't talk about if you were in individual therapy. The next card is number 17, the star. The star stands for free will, faith, networks, communing, success, hope, inspiration, self-esteem. 
So really this is where the rebuilding starts. So you've cut everything down, you've dismantled everything in the tower card. Now you get to do the work of rebuilding. And in therapy, I think this is such a rewarding place to be as a therapist where you can say like, okay, we got through the hardest stuff. What do we do with this? This is like the post-traumatic growth moment. Yes. The hard stuff, like what you're saying is, you know, reprocessing and facing that trauma. Yeah. And so I love how you said that this is where they're experiencing that post-traumatic growth. Yeah, absolutely. Seeing things with a fresh set of eyes. Mm-hmm. Feeling empowered. Actually feeling like a survivor. I feel like yeah. some client dislike that victim mentality yes. or being told they're a survivor. Or they're so strong or resilient. Yeah. When that doesn't align with their perspective or perception of what happened which was it was my fault yeah so that just fuels their guilt absolutely and I could see that that's why it's so important to have that safe therapeutic environment that is non-judgmental that is empowering and empathetic yes to allow our clients to reach this star moment And as therapists, I think when we get to the star card, we really need to do a lot of work focused on empowerment, like you said, and focused on client strengths, Mm -hmm. Um, encouraging our clients to rest and rejuvenate after trauma and tapping into what they already have going for them. And our clients may also be encouraged to think about, hey, what am I going to do now with this part of me that I've learned? With what I've learned about my experience and myself, how am I not only going to continue to help myself, but help others? Absolutely. I see that a lot with parents and kids. When Mm. parents learn more about trauma and generational trauma, they have that light bulb moment of, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm not a bad parent. Yes. I was modeled these skills as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think that kind of reminds me of the old trope of like when you heal yourself, you start healing generations, like previous generations, you know, subsequent generations. Um, That's really what I think of the star card is that like we're healing ourselves and that actually causes healing all around us, whether we're aware of it or not. Some specific therapeutic interventions used at this phase would be... A lot of strength-based techniques, client-led. This At this yeah. point in therapy... That's a good point. I've noticed clients, in a way, regurgitate mm-hmm. a lot of the information that they've learned. Or they'll talk about how they've noticed in their parents or they've noticed mm-hmm. in their friends certain patterns that they've learned about in therapy. The lesson for the start card is, The Arcanum of the Star will teach me to believe that anything is possible. It will help me look at the future with hope and energy. Now, after the star card, we have card 18, which is the moon. The meanings of the moon are reflection, cycles, growth, perception, bravery, intuition, spirituality. And really, I kind of see the moon as like a reminder that, yes, you've done all this great work. You have a lot of hope. You've done some post-traumatic growth activities. You figured out how to give back to the community, but... The work is never done. It's like that reminder that like there's always more to learn. There's always more to look at. Um, Don't think you've got it all figured out. Mm -hmm. 
Right, because the subconscious is constantly going to be there. Yes. Either that's a part of you. Mm-hmm. And things will keep replaying over yes. and over again. It's just, are you, is it interfering with your fun- like daily functioning? Yes. Or are you aware of it now? You know, can you identify it quicker when it's happening? The fact that the moon is related to cycles is really important to mention because we tend to go through maladaptive cycles in our lives. So even if we have all this insight and awareness and we can explain why we do things the way we do, being aware that we're constantly going to be replaying some trauma cycles and we have to keep questioning ourselves and keep working on ourselves to deal with those. That reminds me of a few couples that I've worked with in therapy where when you look at systems theory with feedback loops, right? Mm, yeah. Um, you're reacting to that person and your reaction is going to trigger them to react yeah. to that, right? And it's just going to be yes. this negative cycle. And couples will be like, what is wrong? Mm-hmm. We can't find a solution. We've done the basic stuff but underneath it that shadow part was it was their trauma that was being triggered yes and then they were just reacting with trauma Mm -hmm. reactions they realized that that was very helpful for them yeah to be more understanding and empathetic of the other person because there's a part of them that they didn't know was traumatized yes and that the part that's reacting to them in their fight or their disagreement is not intentional yeah it's just reactive like you said it's a reaction Mm -hmm. it's automatic yeah and again if we don't make it to the moon card and we don't admit to ourselves like yes we're going to keep going through these cycles or there's still more for us to learn it's really easy to just fall back into the same pattern no matter how much insight you've so in this phase of therapy we're continuing trauma work we're probably also doing a lot more dream work so doing a lot of work with the unconscious and maybe we're looking into less conventional ways of healing so maybe doing more spiritual or existential work incorporating things like yoga or energy healing into treatment maybe we're looking at collective unconscious issues so maybe looking at our society or the things that were passed down to us from previous generations the lesson of the moon card is the arcanum of the moon will teach me to freely express myself and explore my desires without worrying about what others might think the next card is number 19 the sun so the sun generally means joy warmth happiness freedom nature trust play so i think the sun is a lot of like inner child work it's this moment in therapy where you reach a moment of fulfillment where you feel mm. like you've really done the work necessary to make significant progress in your life. Even though inner child work usually happens in earlier phases of therapy or in earlier cards, this is how I see it. It's the inner child work of nurturing and comforting that inner child. Yeah. Not necessarily reconstructing. Mm-hmm their trauma narratives yes yeah you're not dealing with the tantrum of the inner child anymore you're kind of dealing with the joy and the the free-spirited side of the inner child you're maybe doing some like reparenting and maintaining those that parenting yes continuing to do that parenting yeah absolutely 
the sun card is all about being free in your self-expression right now um basically being able to be who you are and recognizing that life is short and that you're allowed to have a great time you're allowed to enjoy yourself you're allowed to be free and happy and i think this is really hard for some people especially our clients who have been traumatized it's like you have to give them permission to find pleasure and joy in life sometimes mm-hmm. focusing you know and focusing on their accomplishments and their strengths and yeah. empowering them i equate the sun card to drag queens <laughs> In a way, okay. I know I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's yeah, I was recently, say. so this is my second reference to RuPaul's. I like it. Um, it's just very admirable, yeah, and awesome to see people on the show be who they are and mm-hmm. have fun without fear of being criticized or hurt by society. And just seeing how much fun they're having and Absolutely. how much fulfillment it's bringing to them. Yeah, just by being themselves, expressing themselves the way they want to. No, I think that's a really good example. At this phase in therapy, you might be using Future Template in EMDR, mm-hmm. which is visualizing and imagining future success. Yeah. In a situation that maybe previously triggered your trauma. And this is where the client is really starting to have respect and self-compassion and self-love for themselves. Absolutely. Next card is card 20, Judgment. In some decks, the Judgment card is called Discernment. The meaning of this card is Epiphany resurrection rebirth discernment reflection perspective ethics and wisdom so when we get this card it's really about our ability to assess our behaviors our situations and other people around us objectively Mm -hmm. um, at any given time so the card is asking us to discover and sit with information for however long it may take to make a decision um, or to decide on a course of action. I'm going to say this: the moment of truth in therapy yeah. where you stop and reflect on with the client, you know, you've been making some great progress. How do you feel about discharging and coming to terms with the reality of the progress your client has made and giving them the opportunity to advocate for themselves and reflect on if they're ready to terminate? Yeah, moment of truth is a great way to put it. Um, You're doing a lot of reflection with the client as a therapist. Like, where did you start first that you walked in? Where are you now? What kind of progress have you made? And being honest, too, about, like, what lack of progress was there? Or what do you wish we would have done differently? What is the main lesson that you have learned Mm -hmm. in the therapy room? What is surprised... What about yourself have you been, like, what has surprised you? Yes. How have you surprised yourself? Mm. Feedback is really important in therapy. Mm -hmm. This could be, this is a stage where feedback to the therapist and the client 
are reciprocal. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a little more equal footing, I think. Mm-hmm. The client is empowered. They've done the work. Um, they've seen the growth and expansion that they've been through, and now they're also able to voice themselves to the therapist and honestly speak about you know what worked, what didn't work. Sometimes the therapist may realize if therapy is no longer serving the client, if you're hitting that plateau, and if seeing the client, and they need to check in with themselves on if mm. they're seeing the client more for themselves and their ego yeah. than what's in the best interest of their client. Yes. Some therapists might think, oh, I'm, I think really fondly of this client. Mm-hmm. I enjoy seeing this client. This is the highlight of my week. And unconsciously or, you know, not intentionally, continuously, like, they continue to schedule them. Yes. Rather than terminate. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, yeah, the discernment or the judgment card not only applies to what the client is going through at this phase of therapy, but it's also a reminder for the therapist to reflect and to quote-unquote judge themselves on how they've been doing and trying to be objective about why they're maintaining a relationship with a client. This is like when you have that client that you've kept on your caseload for like 10, 15 years. Really, it's time to start looking at why is this client still on my caseload? Do they actually need this? Could they benefit from a different therapist? Am I doing this more for myself than my client? Yeah, 10 to 15 years, like red banners. like what? Red banners. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. Something that I really appreciate or really enjoy about this part of therapy with clients is preparing them on how they're going to end some like end a chapter or say goodbye yeah. in a healthy and supportive way. Mm. One thing to be aware of is there might be some phantom regression in the client mm-hmm. because it is their innate reaction to the end of the relationship. But don't see this as a true regression and instead reflect on the feelings triggered with endings. Yeah. Some attachment trauma may still be triggered because, you know, as we talked about in the moon, some yes. things might still be Cycling playing through. Yeah. in the background. Absolutely. That's a very good point. Yes, I like all that. This card, that reminds me of um, the movie What About Bob? Mm, yeah. <laughs> when his psychiatrist tells him he's going away for a month, mm-hmm. his family vacation, and Bob is like, oh my gosh, I can't go on. Yeah. Um, eventually he learns that he can live a life by himself but that's just yep. you know you might see that in clients absolutely they become attached to you but why and is that healthy right where's that coming from is this a devil being re-triggered mm-hmm. yeah I would say that Bob complaining about his a clinician going off on vacation that's like judgment reversed mm-hmm. for sure he goes to the extreme where he follows him right <laughs> that's that's a little more than judgment <laughs> reversed i don't know what's going on there but codependent yes correct when we are stressed we regress yes and we make choices yes we do that we usually regret <laughs> yes we do it's really important that as therapists, we reflect at this stage on what we did well, what we're proud of, but also what maybe we should be working on. Ourselves? Yeah, we should 
reflect on our work as therapists mm-hmm. and what have we learned from our clients yeah. and within this therapeutic relationship to then help other clients. I really like that. Yeah, this is where I think as therapists we need to take inventory of our own progress as mm-hmm. therapists. And reflecting on the things that didn't work. Yes. Like, oh, okay, well I shouldn't have maybe I shouldn't have called their attachment trauma daddy issues. Because <laughs> that, that didn't go so well yes. yep. without that adequate rapport. <laughs> I could have done things differently, yes. Absolutely. And I think that's the only way we grow as therapists is if we honestly take a look at things, preferably with a consultant or a supervisor. And we reflect just the same way that we would encourage our clients to reflect on their progress. The lesson of the judgment card is the arcanum of judgment teaches me evolution is unavoidable. Embracing change, my life becomes richer and stronger. My potential is fulfilled as my boundaries expand in unimaginable ways. This takes us to the final card Card number 21, the world. Yes. This is the end of therapy. Mm -hmm. This is the part after therapy has been completed, the termination and discharge. Yep. Yeah, I really like, sorry to keep referencing the shadow and tarot, but I really like the quote in here on the world's card. It says, I'm standing in the center of the universe and finally understand my life's purpose. So this is really where we want to get our clients to, at least for a temporary moment. Um, But the meaning of this card is basically success, objective, culmination, actualization, boundaries, achievement, investment. And again, the world card is not an end-all be-all. We're probably going to keep going through the same fool's journey for the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. learning new things as we go along. But this is the completion of a cycle. So this is after we have completed therapy and our clients are off in the world. They're living a life that is lined with their values. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're modeling and teaching yes. their children what they learned in therapy. Yeah. And what's cool is that they're leaving the therapy room with this heightened self-awareness. Absolutely. A lot of hard work and dedication to achieve. And if everyone was more self-aware in the world, think Mm -hmm. about how that would impact society. Absolutely. In a very positive way. Very positive way, yes. This is where the identity work has been finalized and the client sees himself as a whole person. Yes. Not literally, but like... (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. They feel like an integrated person. They're really taking what they've learned out into the world. With the caution of, hey, I might slip up or life's going to be hard and I'm going to have those... Ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah, rock bottoms. Absolutely. But I have healed yes and I can do it again exactly and I can probably do it more effectively or more efficiently this time than the first time around yeah actually now that you mentioned that I'm thinking of the relapse cycle in addiction work where it's like we expect relapse to be a part of recovery but every time it happens hopefully it's gotten a little easier to get back on the bandwagon 
So with this card, I think a lot of legacy work is being done or, you know, hopefully you've done some of this work in therapy or maybe you're just kind of thinking about it post-therapy. But really the question is, what legacy do I want to leave? Mm. What am I actively pursuing in my day-to-day life that's important to me and that gives me meaning and purpose? Laura, working with cancer patients and clients with chronic illness, Mm -hmm. is this something that you work on? Absolutely. I think working with, yeah, people with chronic illnesses and also just older adults, legacy work really comes up a lot because people are coming to the end of a cycle, so to mm-hmm. speak, an end of their life, and they're they're thinking about what do I want to leave behind? What kind of meaning do I want to ascribe to the life I've lived? I could see ACT being really mm-hmm. helpful for them. Yeah. It is, yes. When I was working at the VA as a practicum student, we almost exclusively did ACT with older adults because the values work mm-hmm. and the meaning and purpose was just... People could really relate to that, and they mm. found it very helpful. I recently discharged with a lot of clients, and it was really, really hard. Yeah. And one client that I have done EMDR with, it was really cool to see how much they have learned mm-hmm. in therapy. Mm-hmm. And it took kind of took me aback because I didn't realize like how I didn't feel like we did a lot of work. Yeah. But when we had that conversation of, okay, so when when do you know it's time to maybe go back to therapy? Mm-hmm. What are some coping skills or what are some strategies you can use if they have those resources? Yeah, and it was really cool to hear a teenager yeah. correctly identify coping yeah. skills to begin with and and very easily identify them without like pulling it out. Yeah. Or prompting like okay remember when yeah we did this and think about speaking of legacy think about the kind of legacy that that teenager is going to carry forward maybe even unknowingly into their relationships into potentially their future family and like as a therapist what a privilege mm. is it to be able to contribute to the healing of future generations the world Card's lesson is the arcanum of the world will help me to understand happiness and to find my place independently of where I am and who is with me. Mm, So no longer relying on that external validation all the time. Mm -hmm. Being able to feel whole and self-validated. Nice. That's important for therapists too, right? Oh my gosh, yes. You can't tie, I feel like you can't tie all of your worth to how well you're clients do and if you feel that they're only giving you positive feedback that Mm. should be a red flag because (laughs) like are are they not able to bring things up to you yeah um sorry but you're not going to be no perfect like Hermione Granger in the therapy room constantly like no not at all not at all yeah no Gandalf nothing like (laughs) no we are all human we all make mistakes so pause and reflect and check yourself if you are not getting any any constructive criticism yes, shall we say yeah. yes yep absolutely well i think that that is it for today's episode yes we are done with part three of the mini series thank you so much for listening to all three parts if you stuck it out with us we will be posting infographs on our instagram page Yep. And we will also be working on our next mini series, which is we're so excited about. We're so excited. Um, 
we're going to be talking about personality disorders in the court cards. Yes, stay tuned for that. Thanks, everyone. Bye. for listening to another episode of the twin flames podcast if you like what you hear please subscribe and leave us a five-star review on apple podcast that will help us build our cred and we'd really appreciate it if you have a question or suggestion please send us a message at the email address in the show notes for this episode you can also submit a dream on our website for interpretation on a future podcast episode go to twinflamespodcast.com for more information Also, please check out our Instagram page for infographs, announcements, and tarot spreads that correspond with podcast episodes. Our handle is at twin underscore planes underscore podcast. Thank you.